I want to have the guts to talk to girls. Yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. Of course you do. Then what you need is uh, something more like, like, like this. What? What is this? Uh, well, this is a. It's um a hand. A handsome. A handsome. A handsome Persian. Victory box. Persian victory box. Yes. Uh, warriors for centuries have used this to give them the confidence to do battle. Imagine what it could do for your love life. Okay. Uh, how, how does how, how does it work? Um, you put your hand, your hand, uh, on top of it, right there. And then you ask it for what gift it is you want. And then, bang! You shall have it. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum, gut buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. I'm Kevin. And this is episode 148. We're talking the tale of the time trap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm back fresh off my three months suspension. <laughs> um, mentioning multiplicity. Your timeout is over. <laughs> um, did you catch my yo-ho-ho uh, The only reference? thing I can even imagine is Sardo maybe is kind of pirate-like. No. I heard you say it, so I caught that <laughs> Well, it has to uh, has to do with a certain book report. Uh, oh, uh, treasure! Is, I is doing okay. this episode. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. All right. Just so, I, if you guys were confused, definitely anybody listening was confused. Uh, what are we talking about today? I think you know the time trap. Oh yeah, the time you trap. That. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, yep. boy, <laughs> I already forgot. And you know what? I'm, uh, <laughs> what? I'm glad that I picked this episode because I enjoyed rewatching it. You yeah. did. As far as season season seven goes, this was definitely one of the most enjoyable episodes. Wow. Uh, well, we talked about it last week. Um, it was my number twelve out of thirteen for season seven. Oh, Just no. insane. I mean, really. <laughs> But, you know, I will say, rewatch helped it a little bit. Yeah. It wouldn't be as low had uh, I watched it twice, perhaps. I mean, there's so much nothing in season seven. I can't believe, like, you put this below. It, but it solely succeeds because of that. Otherwise, it's not a good episode. But, I mean, it's definitely higher than 12, though. Good just Lord. barely, yeah, just barely. <laughs> just barely. Yeah, right. This is the best episode I've seen from season seven. Uh, also, the only episode I've seen from season seven. He's only seen Last Dance. Um, <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So we're talking time trap. Uh, this airs May seventh, two thousand. Uh, we've already mm-hmm. talked about May of two thousand when we discussed Cousin Skeeter, uh, <laughs> the feminine mesquite. Were you on that episode? No. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is season six and... I thought it was season seven. Yeah, season seven. Yep, this is season seven. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Good thing you invited me. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin's done. Um, yeah, it's a Sar- it's Sardo's final yep. tale. I think it's, what, the seventh time or eighth yep. time we've seen Sardo? Uh, eighth, including Cutter's both Cutter's Treasures. Okay. Um, what do you think about the, as far as like ranking for Sardo, this story, where does it fall in his, uh, pantheon? You know, I meant to go over him, but mm. I didn't like officially rank him. No. Um, though when I'm thinking back, it's either at the bottom or it might be better than unlocked door or, uh, um, what's it called? Door unlocked. Door unlocked. <laughs> uh, I would have to rewatch that one. I know it's okay. a little slow. Um, yeah. But I, I know it's toward the bottom of his repertoire. For sure. For sure. You think so, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> right. um, but also toward the top. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, before we get into it, I think at least you and I have a little uh, Midnight Society opening segment. Oh, yeah. So should we hear from... Who's the storyteller? Uh, Tucker? Yep. Uh, let's hear his opening. Trouble is, too much of a good thing isn't always such a good thing. 
I got a story about a guy who has a dream come true. He gets so much of a good thing that it's gonna change his life. But if he's not careful, those changes might make his dream come true, turn into a nightmare. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story. The Tale of the Time Trap. Class, yeah, classic good. warning. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I went a little harder on the season seven style of opening here. You might recognize it. Ooh, okay, well, let's hear it yeah, first because yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I know. I think you'll, oh, okay. you'll know. Uh, if you could wish for anything, I bet you think you know what you'd w- want. But sometimes what we think we want isn't really what we want. <laughs> and what we really want isn't what we wanted at all. <laughs> Yeah, precisely. Absolutely. Uh, what would you call that? It's just like a round. They're going around and around, <laughs> yes, saying the same saying thing nothing. differently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it is absolutely the style of Stephen. That's that's a good one. That's a good one. You want to just make one up or? No, Andrew, Andrew's was good. It's <laughs> okay. like listening to Michael Scott. <laughs> All right. Um, coffee, sugar, tuna, cigarettes, microwave meals, cinnamon. Hard Drugs, Liver, Sunshine, Michael Bay Movies, Flaming Hot Cheetos. What do these things have in common? Too much of any of these things can kill you. That's why it's important to carefully consider the things we think we need, because it could be those very things that destroy us. I think if I had one, it would just be like the sound effect of me smashing like a whole bunch of chocolate cookies. (laughs) Was smashing as an eating? Yes. (laughs) To honor the opening of this uh, Midnight Society segment? Yes. (laughs) How many cookies uh, could you eat, would you say, before you start feeling sick? They're Mm. saying like six. Yeah, and that I, seemed kind of low. I think that's there's a lot of variables here. Like yeah. Oreos, for instance, I could I could eat an entire package of Oreos. <laughs> Jeez. In fact, I definitely have in one sitting. Wow, oh. an entire package? <laughs> I mean, you got a glass of milk. They just start. Did you feel? Down the I guess I, I shouldn't judge. There's there's I've, I'm sure I've done it or at least gotten close. Did you feel sick after? Mm, yeah. Like, like that, like I ate too much, not like I had too many cookies, mm. just I had too much food. Gotcha. Hmm. You do a whole pack of cookies? I don't think I've ever done a whole pack of cookies. Could you? Could I? <laughs> I doubt it. I, I not like an Oreo size pack. Hmm. That's a lot. They got these new um, thin Oreos. Yeah, I but, like them. Yeah, yeah, I actually prefer those. I don't oh, like yeah. the double stuff. I think it's it's just too much. It is a lot. Yeah. And they got some latte. Have you tried the thin Oreo latte? No, I, I yeah. usually yeah. do the thin they Oreo good. mint. Those are good, those too. Are good. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Any other Oreo thoughts we want to <laughs> I don't suppose so. <laughs> it looked like at the campfire they were eating like more brownie based type. Yeah, these, really were, thick. these were homemade cookies, yeah. which yeah. is a huge, whole nother. Uh, yeah, so a one, lot of these, less of those. one of these yeah. cookies was at least like four to five times the size of an Oreo. So right. That's that's why the number of cookies is... Yeah, and Van said she's had six and she's a stick. Yeah. I mean, she, she can't handle yeah. six. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess they're like 11, 12 years old, so... Yeah. Although I, I, I ate like a pig when I was 11 and 12. <laughs> I think after you have like six of those cookies, it kind of tastes like they have lead in them or something. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Good take. <laughs> Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about the campfire and uh, time trap? Yeah, sure. Uh, Tucker brings a, a batch of Grandma Aggie's cookies. Oh, that's to the why campfire. we were talking yeah. about cookies. Yeah. And the Midnight Society wolfs them down until they're sick. Except Quinn, who keeps eating. Oh. Uh oh. What? I feel gross. I think I ate about six too many. Wimps. Not you two. What's in the bottom ones? Lead? No. We're all the same. As Tucker explains, too much of a good thing isn't always such a good thing. Uh, <laughs> even the way they word these Midnight Societies in these seasons is awful. Yeah. Too much of a good thing isn't always such a good thing. Like, too much of a good thing is implying <laughs> that it's too much. It just drives me nuts. Uh, yeah, they're really phoning home these... Uh phoning really? in these yeah. midnight society segments in all aspects yes. of the season 
Um, also, this eating of the cookies is a whole ridiculous, like, d- in connection to really what the story's about, <laughs> which is I think more so unintended consequence. Yeah, yeah. Which eating a ton of cookies has very clear consequences. Yes, yeah. It has nothing to do with the story. It's like too cartoony to work. Really, I feel the well, stuffing the cookies yeah. in the mouth. Like. The the expression on that first guy's face as he was cramming those cookies in his mouth was really ridiculous. And then like that generic rock music that was playing <laughs> yeah. behind them. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay, go on. <laughs> so. <laughs> So our story starts with a strange Kramer-like character stumbling down the street oh, towards Sardo's magic my shop. My exact note. This guy is <laughs> this guy is Kramer. Bobo is Kramer. Yeah. <laughs> when the man enters the shop, Sardo is so shocked he at first doesn't recognize his old client. Bobo, as you <laughs> name His him. old client? Uh, I get the impression that he's like worked with Sardo in the past. Yeah. You know. I think they're more peers. Okay, okay, fine. Yes, <laughs> you may be right. Colleagues. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go, uh, colleagues. Colleague. I don't know. Well, different stores, but I think yeah. they're in the same biz. Sure. Is that a colleague? I mean, they're rivals. Rivals? For sure. I'm not sure about that. I mean, they're questioning each other's motives just in this few second uh, but we've, exchange. There's I mean, been. Okay. I, have, I have no idea. This is the first time I've seen either of them, so. <laughs> Sardo? Yeah. <laughs> well, how would you... <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> this was your first Sardo episode. <laughs> if you guys haven't figured it out, I am in fact afraid of the dark. So. Oh, uh. <laughs> you didn't like you didn't you don't like scary stories? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing we asked you to watch this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this one's frightening. You're joking. And how good it is for <laughs> oh, the rest gosh, of the season seven go. episode. Um, Nicely done. Well, how would you define colleague? Uh, like. In my in my head, it's like somebody you're literally working with. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think just loosely but. someone you you work with and interact with on a regular basis. Okay. Or semi regular. Okay. Whatever. I feel like it implies <laughs> some sort of uh, like mutual respect or trust or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And I, I just yeah. don't think Sardo and Bobo have that. <laughs> They have a rapport, yeah, for sure. They do have something going on. Oh, they have a rapport. Uh, real quick, <laughs> Megan, um, she asked at the Midnight Society whether chocolate... She says, doesn't chocolate give you pimples? And uh, I, I looked this up. Mm. And the research... The studies are mixed, folks. Uh, mm. Some people totally dismiss this as a uh, as a myth, and some say there's some truth. It seems like the thing that most people agree on is that sugar yeah. is bad for your skin. It hardens your skin. Mm. Um so there you have it. Chocolate, neither good nor bad, it seems, <laughs> for your skin. Right. Well, Bobo, looking worse for wear, offers to sell Sardo an ancient fortune-telling box. What is it? What is it, you ask? Well, it is an ancient fortune-telling box. Really? How does it work? I don't know, but I'm sure someone of your experience, someone with your brain size, is going to be able to make a small fortune with this. Well, of course. <laughs> How much do you want for it? Fifty dollars. Fifty? I mean forty. For you, my friend, forty dollars. That's too rich for my blood, Bobo. Free. <laughs> you sell it for what you can, and you give me what you think is fair. Bobo's so desperate, he agrees to let Sardo have the box on consignment and Sardo is unable to resist. But when Sardo takes the box, Bobo laughs hysterically, and Sardo gets the impression something's amiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is funny because... Oh, this is funny because you finally are losing on the deal. <laughs> Meanwhile... I mean, Sardo's been taken. Uh, yeah, seemingly. And like, we, we get the, that impression. Oh, yeah. yeah. We we get maybe the definitive line in the episode here with Bobo saying, oh, yeah. you're losing on the deal. Yeah. Which, for Kevin, um, this uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sardo often says, I'm losing on the deal when we know he's really not. Indeed. But yeah. in this case, he is losing on the deal. Yeah. I picked that up from the context. <laughs> Did you catch his other catchphrase? 
Um, the accent is in the dough or something? Yeah, good. Yeah, all right. <laughs> the accent is in the dough. <laughs> yeah. This That's is fun. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jason, Jay Bearshaw, is busy getting embarrassingly pummeled by dodgeballs in gym class. Yeah. Afterward, he approaches Andrea in the hall, but he can't quite bring himself to ask her out. On his way home from school, he almost runs into Andrea again, but he ducks into Sardo's magic shop before she can see him. One look at Jason, and Sardo has him pegged. <laughs> Promising to improve Jason's confidence, Sardo offers him Bobo's box. Mm. He explains that all one need do is place a hand on the box and ask it for something. Jason haggles and takes the box home, where he skeptically makes his first wish to be the kind of guy girls like. Yeah. Uh, I wish that I was the kind of guy that girls like. Hey, dinner's ready. What are you doing? Wasting my time. I got a little worried when immediately when he makes that wish, his mom pops out of the <laughs> kitchen door. I'm like, oh no, what's that? <laughs> that was a little weird. <laughs> But uh, it doesn't kick in until uh, tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Nothing happens until at, <laughs> until at school the next day when a strange woman appears and begins following Jason around. Hey, like, what do you want? <laughs> um, it's what you want. What? You wish to be the kind of guy girls like, right? Well, when they see you with me, they're going to think you're pretty special. Isn't he a babe? <laughs> Would you stop that? How, how did you know what I wish? That's what I do. I'm... I'm Belle. Yeah. She's got platinum white hair. Yeah. I guess I could just say white. Uh, she's got <laughs> white hair. Um, she looks to be about his age, which... To really? me, You thought she looked older than me? I... Yeah, I figured she was significantly older. Significantly? Like, she could be 10 years older. She looked older. like a teenager. Yeah. Eh, okay. I, I agree with Joe. Okay, well, I think she could be te- up to ten years older than... Should we find Jason. out for sure? I don't see why not. Okay, well, uh, listeners, hold on. A little internet <laughs> research break here. <laughs> so, when this episode aired, Eleanor Noble, who plays Belle, would have been... She would have been 20 years old. Hmm, okay. So, okay. I can see that. She's 40 now. Uh, I know they're supposed to be approximately like 16-ish, right? And Jay Baruchel was 18 when this episode was filmed. Huh. But he's supposed to be 15, I think. Well, he just got his license. Oh, yeah, 16. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So 16. Okay. All right. Somewhere in between. The yeah, tr- yeah. As the truth usually is. Okay. Um, (laughs) Belle promises to make all Jason's wishes come true, but Jason doesn't trust her and tries to ditch her. Nevertheless, Belle follows him to class, and he starts to see her in a different light when she replaces the book report on Treasure Island that he forgot at home. Report time. Let's start with... Jason. Uh, I, uh, did my report on, uh, Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. Uh, there have been many versions of Treasure Island. My personal favorite is the old black and white one. Uh, the one with the puppets was kind of stupid. But when he presents the report, he discovers that it's about the movies instead of the book, and he's humiliated in front of the class. That was embarrassing. Boy, wasn't it? I really like this actor who played the teacher. He was really stern. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. this guy was. Get out of here. <laughs> no, you didn't find no, him a little captivating. No, I don't like him at all. Oh, I thought he, he it looked uh, like he was about to burst out laughing in his the middle of his one line. <laughs> you were supposed to do a book report, not a movie review. Did you read the book? Uh, yeah. Then why did you write about the movies? I'm um. I'll get back to you on that one. Hmm. Come by after school and we'll straighten you out. See, I think this is the type of actor who, like, if you put him in the right thing, could have burst out into, like, Daniel Day-Lewis territory. 
<laughs> wow. <that's... laughs> he just never got his real shot. Wow, that's you really gained a lot from his brief appearance in this yeah, episode. Yeah, stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> He's easily the best actor in the episode. <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um... Okay. After class, Belle follows Jason to gym class, where she supercharges his throwing arm and protects him from the dodgeballs. This is uh, the beginning of the end. What? Yeah. This is great. <laughs> this is the dumbest. What? It's straight out of a Disney Channel This movie. is a great effect. <laughs> Smashing these kids. What? Also, why does dodgeball always have to be the thing in kids' shows? I played, do- I played dodgeball in, in school, and I just stood in the back of the gym when I didn't want to be involved. You know, you just stand in jail, even if you didn't actually belong in jail. Um, well, the writers came from the generation before us, and I bet they weren't quite as lenient when it came to no jail rules? skipping dodgeball oh. or standing out dodgeball. It just oh. seems real bogus that, like, oh, cool, he's super sweet at dodgeball now. Are you That's not exciting. Right yes! It was a great, uh, it was a great moment in the episode. <laughs> see, this is a major, see, this is a diversion like di- point now that we're really getting into the it. The look of the ball flying across the room and then Stupid. smashing into these kids. It doesn't belong in Are You Afraid of the Dark. Oh, it's great. It's great. <laughs> it belongs in even Stevens, yeah. maybe. Or Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, but this would be know, a, that's an elegant dodgeball scene in comparison. Yeah, sure. But <laughs> there's a supernatural thing happening here. These other shows are normal shows. It would be very weird in those. But it's so wacky that it, it it goes beyond wacky Are You Afraid of the Dark and into teen, haha, weird. I don't I think, think so. I think dodgeball but... is just like a a thing that is used to determine who's a geek and who's like the popular jock. And he got everything he wanted by being the best at dodgeball. But he didn't even ask to be good at dodgeball. He didn't. He didn't ask for the. Uh, the... He didn't ask for the Treasure Island report. He didn't ask to be good at dodgeball. And he's getting these things, and I'm wondering... I bet if he was really good at dodgeball, he'd be the kind of guy that girls like. No. It It goes without saying. (laughs) That doesn't even end up being true. (laughs) Dodgeball has nothing to do with the fact that he just should ask out this girl. No, the the girls liking him thing came earlier. Right. Uh, when, um, When she, like, you know, grabbed onto him, was acting like... He was really attractive. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I mean, let's, that let's, was a reasonable moment. <laughs> I guess let's move on. Okay. When he, when Jason goes after his nemesis, he accidentally nails the gym teacher and lands in detention. Still not able to understand what's happening to him, Belle explains to, to him that she's a genie and can grant him any wish he wants. I nearly could have killed the guy. I mean, like, how did you even do that? I told you, the Zemi. Whatever you want, I can give you. What's a Zemi? The box. You put your hand on it and made a wish. That makes it yours. So you're a genie? (laughs) Exactly. And anything I wish for, I can have. Now you got it. Well, you know, I wish I didn't miss the bus because now I've got to walk home. No, you don't. He jokes that he wishes he didn't miss the bus so he wouldn't have to walk home, and Belle gives him a car. But before he can leave the lot, an officer pulls up behind him and throws him in jail for driving a stolen vehicle. Jason realizes that everything he wishes for turns out horribly, and Belle explains that every wish has its price. What kind of genie are you? Like, you give me what I wish for, but then things end up worse off than they were before. Every wish has its price? What? Look, I've been stuck in that dumb box for centuries. I gotta have fun somehow. So you make things worse. Sure, it's fun. Which I, uh, I want to note, I think, is a good uh, way of putting this. Every wish has its price. Except it's non-applicable to every person who's ever lived. What do you mean? People don't get to make wishes. Well, she's specifically talking about the wishes that she's granting. I know, but it has, no, res- has, it has price, no resonance. <laughs> I, I, I can't relate to this. Everything has a cost, you know. Making any, even uh, get it, even your wish coming true, uh, has a cost. Is this the segment where she starts saying like she was responsible for World War One? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. It, this maybe was great too. no, 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 no. <laughs> maybe the most cringe-inducing line in "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" history. <laughs> we'll hear it here. Okay, look. 
Someone once wished for an exciting voyage, I gave them the Titanic. A kid didn't want to go on a camping trip, I exploded the volcano at Mount St. Helens. World War I? A reporter wanted an interesting story. So, like, uh, World War II? Oh, yeah. Nah, wasn't mine. Nice work, though. Um, yeah, it was dumb, but definitely not worse than a lot of the Calling stuff. Calling World War II nice work? Because she was the, you know, she's on the side of things going wrong. I mean, she just took credit Holocaust for... Holocaust wrong? I know, I know. <laughs> it's intense. Uh. <laughs> it's, no, it's... Oh, my lord. It's the worst. Oh, boy. I think you're just going to have to embrace that the... This is, uh... <laughs> this is just the worst. <laughs> I just enjoy this episode. <laughs> Them sitting in jail? Um, Real dumb. Why? What's... I mean, they're in jail for five seconds. What's the problem with that for for what they did they're in jail he stole a car that's I, true i i guess i don't know i I, don't know. I think you're being harder on this episode than it deserves <laughs> um thinking he's outsmarted her jason wishes that she would leave him alone but he ends up completely by himself in a black nowhere space Mm-hmm. Classic are you for the dark. It is classic are you for the dark. Uh, he wishes himself back to the jail cell and threatens to wish Belle back into the box, but she says she'll take him with her. So he wishes himself back to the magic shop, and he lands in the middle of traffic outside. Running into the shop, Jason complains to Sardo about what's been happening, and seeing an opportunity to get a bunch of wishes, Sardo is more than happy to take the box back. Mm-hmm. You! 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 What's your name? It's Saad. Uh, let's not go there. Uh, yeah, what can I do for you? That that Persian victory box you sold me. I'm sorry, I don't remember. So much time has actually passed. It it's was been... yesterday. Oh, the Persian victory box. Uh, what seems to be the problem? The problem is it came with a girl. And that's a problem? She She's a genie and she makes wishes come true. And I don't want it anymore. Help me to understand this. I sold you a box that came with a genie that will grant your every wish. And you don't want it anymore. Exactly. So they head back to Jason's house, but when Sardo tries to take the box, Belle explains that he can't have it back after giving it away. There's also this weird exchange here between um, Jason's mom, oh, where yeah. he yeah. says, this is my teacher. And yes. The parents on Are You Afraid of the Dark are just the worst. This is uh, this is a strange-looking man that's walked into your house with your son. <laughs> uh, this moment seemed almost completely unnecessary, except for what comes up here. That she it's needs to pop out reason. the door again. Or uh, someone needs to yeah, pop out the yeah, door again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exasperated, Jason wishes to be out of this nightmare, and he, he and Sardo are transported to an alternate reality. The woman who lives in this version of the house freaks out and reports them to her cop husband, and soon the whole police force is outside. Man, I wish I was out of this nightmare. Uh-oh. How, how did you do that? Oh, no. No, no, no. I wish I was out of this nightmare. Now I am. Oh, everything's changed. Did I hear voices? Ah! 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 Who are you? What are you doing here? Uh, this is my house? Yeah, I'm just visiting. This isn't your house. This is my house. And, and, and my husband's gonna be home any second. This just keeps getting better. Jason decides he needs a foolproof wish to save them, and he finally wishes for Sardo to have a wish. I didn't yeah. see that one coming. I wish Sardo had a wish. No! What happened? I gave you a wish. I mean, maybe the evil wishes only work with me. Look, you can wish us out of this. You mean I can wish for anything I want? Yes. You got one minute to come out with your hands up. Or we'll start shooting. Think of something, huh, hurry? This is the chance of a lifetime. If you don't think of something, that lifetime won't last very long. They're getting ready to shoot tear gas. I, I could wish for, for world peace. Or oh, cure every disease. Wish. Faster. You didn't? No. How does that solve it? It's not like a... I mean, this is a... I think he's trying to pass the buck, no? Yeah. I mean, I guess his idea is... His I, I think his wish should have been to have Sardo come up with a good wish. 
instead I, of just I think oh, that's wish. what he I think that's what he was hoping. That's what he's hoping. Yeah. But that's not what he wished. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, after giving it some thought, Sardo wishes for a million more wishes. Classic. Oh, I've got it. I've got the perfect wish. Then do it. I wish I had a million more wishes. Actually, this was one of my complaints about the episode. Um, they could already wish as much as they wanted. Why would he wishing for oh, a million yeah, there wishes? W- there was no limit. Yeah. Endless. Well, but he had a limit to wishes because he had uh, already one. had. Yeah, oh, he already yeah, had yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. so okay. he had to wish for yeah. those wishes. Good, Good job, point. Kevin. Good had, point. He <laughs> had to become Jafar. Or <laughs> Jafar. <laughs> Kevin coming in and saving the day. Yeah. <laughs> As Sardo wishes it, he gets sucked into the box and. Wait. Bella's set free. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just wanted to talk about this insane scenario where cops are like, oh, just surrounding the house. Yeah. We're like, we're, we're getting ready to fire. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, Sardo sucked into the box. Yeah. A great shot. It's yeah. it's the best shot of the episode, which is tiny Sardo like yeah. wobbling in the box <laughs> with Jay Baruchel looking over. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Very Twilight Tony type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, Belle explains that it was the same wish she wished for, and now Sardo is contemned, condemned to be the genie. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out for real? <laughs> Where's Sardo? He wished a million wishes. That's what I wished ages ago, and I got stuck in this dumb box. Look! Help! Just let me out! I don't want to be a genie! Oh, you've got a million wishes, all right, but you got to grant them to others! With time running out before the cops riddle the house with bullets, Jason wishes it was it, wishes it was yesterday, and he's whisked back in time to before he entered the magic shop. Yeah. But this time, instead of going in, he runs into Andrea and asks her to a movie. Jason, oh. hi. Oh, uh, hey, Andrea. Hey, what was it you were gonna ask me before? Ask? Oh, uh, right. Um, I was just, uh, wondering if you were doing anything Friday night, because I, I thought that maybe you'd like to uh, go see a movie with me. I'd love to. You would. <laughs> that's, that's, that's cool. That's cool. So uh, where are you headed? I've got a driving lesson. And she yeah. says yes. I, yeah. Uh, As they walk off together, Sardo pulls the curtain in the shop window and places the box on display. This is the one part I really wish this episode ended with Sardo stuck in the box. I think uh, I would have enjoyed that a little more. <laughs> Don't you? Would have enjoyed. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's it, a little dark, I th- but he does get lost in the. Uh... And Sardo has some dark endings. Isn't yeah. super specs? I mean. Yes. The, I think the idea there is he's just totally gone. Yeah, that almost has to be like the last episode though. Yeah. Of Sardo. Like, he had in to have his, found a way back. In his chronology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they told the story backwards. Yeah. Um, someone did write us with a theory about Sardo. We'll uh, oh, read here thanks. soon. Um, okay, go ahead. Um, so back at the campfire, Tucker threatens to open the very box from his story, and the Midnight Society runs off. I always hate when they do this, yeah. when they have a prop it's... from the episode in which they could not visualize. Yeah. And, uh... yeah. Uh, except for Quinn, who is sick from eating the rest of the cookies. Oh, Tucker has to carry him off. Yeah. The end. Awesome story. So we found true love after all. And Belle's stuck back in the box. Cool. Wanna let her out? No way! No, no way. Uh, oh, oh. I'm dying here. You finished all the cookies? I had to. They're too good. I hope they taste as good on the way up as they did on the way down. Enter my favorite quote. I hope they taste as good on the way up as they did on the way down. Uh, (laughs) Favorite quote? (laughs) Why not? Um, yeah, so that's Time Trap. Um, I was thinking, 
if you had a genie where you could make no limit. I mean, to me, that's the cool part here. There's yeah. no limit on the wishes. How long do you think you would try to keep this thing going to try to perfect the wish? Well, every in this scenario, every wish really goes awry. Like, yeah. beyond, I mean, he barely has to want something for it to turn into some horrible yeah, I don't, thing. I don't think he was really, like, intentionally making these wishes in most cases. Yeah, like, maybe. I mean, the first one was the only one that he really wanted, and then yeah. the next one he's like, oh, I wish I didn't miss the bus. <laughs> oh, here's a stolen car. Just what you wanted. <laughs> um, and what's, with, what's the motive for her of making the wishes so terrible? It's just fun. She says she, it at some point. Like, it's just it's mischievous. Yeah. yeah, she's been miserable, so she's going to make him miserable. Wouldn't a better strategy for her getting out of the box, which seems like it should be her driving force of trying to get someone to make the million wishes wish, being right up front setting a limit? Saying, like, you get one wish. Oops, you want a million wishes, I'm out. Oh, like it adds a trick to... Yeah. yeah. I guess. Yeah. You guess? I mean, she's been trapped in there forever. Good, that'd be a good... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> strategy <laughs> but this you're endless amount of wishes where you're still just stuck is being... she is she allowed to lie though i don't know if there's any rules with the box uh, she the does genie. she does have a line about that she doesn't make up the rules yeah um i forget why um they're just set in stone you know that's how it works how the box when works. they tried to give it back to sardo that's right yeah yep she says you can't do that um okay well oh. <laughs> I mean, to not call this like top half at least of the season seven, I think is crazy. But we're we're beyond thinking about it as season seven. I'm oh, thinking about uh, it now as an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Yeah, sure. That still puts it ahead of oh, most Lord. of season seven and <laughs> a lot of season six. Okay. Most of season six, probably. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's talk about some of the stuff that went yeah. into this. Hi. This is Bios Trivia. Ratings and stray observations. Well, we got to take a look at Sardo. Uh, this is his last appearance, of course. Richard Dumont. Um, his first credit, weirdly enough, was in something called The Genie Family. Oh, wow. Uh, he's also had done a lot of voice work, including Maya the Bee, David the Gnome, and the Assassin's Creed games. Oh, I was I was looking at the actress that played Belle, I think, huh. and she also had some credits in Assassin's Creed. Oh, which cool. was interesting. And didn't That's we talk strange. about um, the guy who did Jake the Snake doing voice work in... Maybe not that one, but he did voice work in video games. Yeah. But I thought it was Assassin's Creed. It might have been. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, that'd be cool. Sardo and Jake the Snake <laughs> linked up <laughs> doing voices. <laughs> um, I also took a look at Jason. Did you guys catch his last name? Just out of curiosity. No. I didn't catch his last name, but I immediately identified him as the guy from Undeclared. Yes. Yeah. His last name is Midas uh, in the oh. his character name. Oh. Do they ever say it in the episode? <clears throat> I don't think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, Jay Barishaw. We've talked about him at length. Uh, he's been in many Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes. Four. Uh, yeah, this was his last appearance. Yeah. Um, he also has appeared in other works such as Almost Famous, Undeclared, Million Dollar Baby, How to Train Your Dragon, Man Seeking Woman, mm. and one of Brett's recent favorites, Letter Kenny. He's in Letter Kenny? Yeah. Oh, I must not have gotten that must, far yet. Yeah, it must yeah. be uh, farther down the line. Mm. Makes sense. He's Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know what? I just, on a whim here, I was looking at Eleanor Noble, who played Belle. Yeah, um, Belle or Eleanor Noble was a reoccurring character on Shelby Woo. Oh. She was Angie. Oh. Wow. That's why she looks so familiar. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. Um, so she was on 18 episodes of Shelby Woo as Angie Burns. Man. Uh, she also appeared in The Tale of the Dark Dragon. Um, Who in Dark Dragon? Uh, one of the like friends of, I don't know, somebody okay. at the dance, I think. Okay. All right. Well, I took a look at the uh, director here. That's Jim Donovan. Uh, he directed... Five episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Time Trap, Oblivion, oh. Lunar Locusts, Highway 13, and unfortunately, Last Dance. Man, <laughs> he's got the whole gamut of yeah, quality se there. Yeah, season six and seven, from great to truly terrible. <laughs> uh, he also directed two episodes of Shelby Woo, 
uh, and some more modern stuff. Uh, Naked Josh, Instant Star, Heartland, The Clan, and The Siege, whatever those are. <laughs> yeah, I left <laughs> off his uh, remarkable job of announcing Cleveland Browns games. <laughs> That's right. Jim Donovan is also uh, a, yeah, an announcer for the Browns. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, and then the writer of this episode is a guy named James Morris. I didn't get too deep into what he did. I just looked at uh, any other Are You For The Dark, and he also wrote uh, The Tale of Oblivion. Oh, cool. So he's a Sardo guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, any trivia? Uh, yeah, a bunch of stuff. Um, this was Tucker's final tale. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what? <Jeez. laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> this... <laughs> <laughs> the alternate reality woman that appeared in this episode, Penny Mancuso, also appeared in the tale of the Ghastly Grinner as um, the main kid's mom. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's got she a very look distinctive familiar. look. Yeah. yeah. Um, AJ Fry, played Brad Rowe, also appeared in the tale of Cutter's Treasure Part 1. Hmm. Ian Benny Anderson, kid number one, also appeared in The Tale of the Silver Sight Part 3. Uh, was he like kid number three or four in that one? or? Uh, no, oh. actually he was like a legit character. Oh, that's a shame. Um, <clears throat> Jay Baruchel co-starred with Alicia Cuthbert and Vanessa Lenji's Megan and Vange in Popular Mechanics for Kids. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, of course, Alicia Cuthbert also known as the girl next door. Yeah. Uh, she's in the Midnight Society of Megan. Yeah. Uh, Grandma Aggie plays uh, is played by Sheena Larkin in The Tale of the Silver Sight. Uh, oh. She's only mentioned in this episode for making the cookies. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Uh, Sardo was Gary's character and has evidently been passed down to Tucker. I mean, we haven't really on that, I guess. Mm -hmm. Sardo only says one of his signature lines in this episode. Well, yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah. With variations right. on some of the others. Yeah. Uh, the ones we didn't talk about so far were almost anything. I distinctly said almost. <laughs> um, you're a fun... Um, and it's Sar... Let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and finally... Uh, uh, Bobo may be the owner of a shop mentioned in the tale of the carved stone, Uncle Bobo's House of Magic. Oh, definitely. Oh, you it's think just, definitely? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, surely, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and this was originally titled The Tale of the Time Warp. Yeah. Which I don't think either of the those names are good for this episode. Yeah, there wasn't really much, like time no. stuff. I he mean, went <laughs> he went back yesterday and Yeah, finally in the end yeah. he went back yeah, to time trap. And I don't ever feel that he was like trapped in time or anything no. was trapped no. in time. Well I guess he was trapped I in... guess Bell was trapped in time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, kinda. Kinda. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. That's that's the closest I can get. Uh strap observations. At the start of the episode, Sardo is making this out of Sunny D, seemingly. Alcohol? No. He's making something. He says what he's making. Oh, no. Uh, an Egyptian youth potion, which he later renames to an Egyptian aging potion. Oh. Is that what he quickly covers when Jay yeah. walks in? Okay, that's why I thought it was alcohol, and I missed the line, I guess. <laughs> um, what were two names that the box was referred to as? Uh, the Persian Victory Box yeah. and is it Zemi? Yeah, Zemi. Okay. Um, what color are the stars that decorate the outside of Sardo's shop? Ooh, um, I want to say gold and purple. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bobo's first asking prices for the puzzle box are these: fifty dollars, yeah, fifty, then forty, yeah. and then yeah. free. Yeah. <laughs> um, what were the three disasters that Bell takes credit for? He already said one of them earlier. Uh, so someone wanted to go on an exciting voyage that ended up being the Titanic. Uh -huh. uh, a kid didn't want to go on a camping trip, so she exploded Mount St. Helens. And then a reporter wanted an exciting story, which ends up being World War One. Indeed. What a monster! <laughs> I mean, she's straight up. Mur yeah, she's yeah. murdering thousands. Uh, yeah. So at least she took it easy on I Jason. I mean, huh? she's being asked to in a roundabout way. 
That, that's the I whole. I think we're headed down a that's dark. That's the whole question of the episode. <laughs> what posters does uh, Jason have in his school locker? Oh man, they're not no like idea. a car. They're uh, motorbike sport posters. <laughs> motorbike. <laughs> I don't have any more. Okay. Um, just a just an observation here that Sardo's shop is on the intersection of a one way street. Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Uh, Sardo will agrees to take the box back, but will only offer this in return. Uh, store credits. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, how many, uh, rings is Sardo wearing on his hands? Oh, man. Seven. I guess five. Three. Huh. <laughs> Jason's lie about who Sardo is to his mom is this. Is this a teacher? There's a little slightly more to it. Tutor? Uh, no, he was just, uh, oh. right about teacher, oh. but he was helping him with current events. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of sure. course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what ear is pierced for Sardo? He has one earring. His left oh. ear. His left ear. Um, to get back to their own reality, Sardo suggests Jason wishes this. I don't know. That they were 100 miles from there. Where uh, they were. Yeah. Okay. Um, Bobo, when he first gives the box to Sardo, refers to it as something. Man, the I don't know. Fortune telling box. Yeah, the ancient fortune. Oh. The ancient fortune telling box. Okay. Uh, when Sardo gets to have a wish, he considers wishing for these things first. Uh, world peace. Yep. A cure to all illnesses, or cure. For every disease. Yeah. yeah. Is there more? No, that's oh. Okay. Um, Those sound pretty good. Much better than <laughs> the Titanic in World War One. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wonder how you screw that up. World peace. Kill everyone. Oh. No, maybe no one's left. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Like Thanos was going for world peace, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Exactly like that. <laughs> this episode is exactly like Marvel. <laughs> um, did you happen to see what their gym shirt said? No. No. Fizz Ed. Oh, very <laughs> <Okay>. good. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's it. Uh, ratings? Yeah. IMDb, this has a 9 out of 10. Mm. Right <laughs> where it should be. <laughs> right around where. We we established last episode that IMDb is more in tune with you. Uh, TV.com gives us a 6.5 out of 10, more in tune with me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, so out of five Kreb stars, what did you give the tale of the time trap? I gave it a solid four out of five. That is um, beyond absurd. No, get out of here. <laughs> I think everything really is good about this episode, except for the logic of the genie. Like, that's my only real problem, is her, like, loose wishes, him not really wishing and her wishing. Right. Um, stuff like that. Like, but besides that, it's well-paced, moves super quick. Um, I mean, the genie's kind of annoying, but I can accept that, because she's supposed to be a annoying character. That annoying? As annoying as possible, I think. I don't think of genies as annoying. She's, no, but she is supposed... Did you see the new supposed... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But he's not supposed to be annoying. <laughs> She's supposed to be driving him nuts. Like, that's her whole gimmick. Okay. I mean, she's like, with wishes and... Yeah, yeah but why? Because uh, it's fun. She says this directly. <laughs> I'm not having fun watching it. <laughs> um, also, I love Sardo. Uh, I think this was... A solid final performance for Sardo. Sure. Uh, they really used him a lot in this episode. That was great. He's a saving grace. Uh, I liked Bobo. All the characters were pretty good. I mean, the most unbearable was the genie, but again, supposed to be annoying. And don't forget that English teacher. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the English teacher. <laughs> he only had three seconds of screen time, so I can forgive that. Um, but he wants to see Jason after class to see if he can't straighten him out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. That was a weird line. <laughs> Very weird line. I'm telling you, this See if guy can straighten is... you out. Yeah, this guy is beyond. It's like he's gonna murder him. After <laughs> That's why there's like there's a layer there. I think this guy like built his character from the ground up. Um, this looked good. The wish box, you know, we've seen it, but it d- served its purpose. 
Uh, to keep the, the story moving. The box wasn't great. Yeah, it was fine. But uh, Sardo getting trapped in it was cool. Yeah, good um, moment. I don't. I just felt like there was really only one bad part about this, which was the logic of it. And the genie. She was annoying. Uh, no, I'm fine with her. Like, she was annoying, but I'm fine with her being annoying. Alright. Okay. Yeah. Alright, well, four. I also gave it a four. Nice. Four. Nice. <laughs> right where it belongs. <laughs> But um, mostly because this is the least scary Are You Afraid of the Dark (laughs) episode I've ever seen. It really was hardly an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode as far as like the scariness goes. Uh, I'm not not giving this four Krebs stars out of all Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes, just overall 90s Nickelodeon. So I don't care if it wasn't an Are You Afraid Hmm. of the Dark episode. I enjoyed it. You loved it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> well, let me just say that I think it felt like a Sardo episode. Like the Sardo ones are not that scary. Not this stupid. That means nothing uh, to me. Oblivion's not this stupid. Super Specs is definitely not this stupid. <laughs> Whatever. Stupid is not. A... <laughs> I think that's the agreed upon <laughs> adjective. <laughs> okay. What I mean, you... Especially as like a kid, though, like you latch on to things that are cool like oh a genie i can have anything i want and like, yeah. stuff like but this that. episode so doesn't exciting. even deliver on that it's it's really barely like you said it's jason just kind of it's, he's not dictating any of this uh, it's yeah. just kind of yeah. happening to yeah, him yeah you're right so this it's not even one... like, it's not even wish fulfillment where it feels gratifying. Yeah, this is the I mean, one criticism true. I'll accept. The rest, <laughs> thank you for <laughs> accepting it. <laughs> uh, anything else you liked about it? Yeah. Oh, what else? <laughs> oh, I have to explain. <laughs> um, I, I, I like the dodgeball scene. Thank um, you. Oh, it kind of reminded me of, in in some way, kind of like Matilda after she like developed her powers and she was like just doing whatever the heck she wanted to screw with people yeah that's fun yeah yeah just just the look of it was funny these kids getting nailed by these balls going like a million miles an hour except the way the episode plays it is i don't know that's so cool now and and there's also a great moment of that where it like slip appears to slip out of his hands and just like fly it (laughs) just looked good i don't know All right. Well, there's you know there's a difference of opinion here. That's okay. It's healthy. <laughs> um, you know, on my rewatch, uh, this originally I had a 1.5 when I made it for my list. 1.5. Uh, I went up to a two on my rewatch, so I, I liked it a little bit more. But I'm giving this two out of five Krebs stars. Nice. I think it's, I think Sardo is the saving grace of this episode. I love the shot of him in the box, um, but Bell is an annoyance. Uh, the story doesn't really add up to much. Uh, there's really no lesson to to be learned because of kind of just her manic uh, decision making. Uh, the, the Midnight Society segments are just pure trash. Um, oh, those cookies were great. But it just doesn't, like as we've talked about, it just doesn't really connect in a way that makes sense. Um, I think this is a I think this Man. is a dud, middle to lower tier. Uh, I would maybe middle tier. Um, but it just feels good. Like at least feels fun watching it. And Jay Barishal is a big plus. Sardo is a big plus. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of strengths in this episode that just aren't true of a whole lot of other ones. Yeah. I mean, I think to put this as a two, you're that in my mind, that's like renegade virus. You must have a ton of episodes two and below. Foam police is fun. I mean, these are like, you're naming the top episodes of the series here no but those are episodes where not because they're just good i'm picking episodes where wow this is fun to watch this is wacky really zany this episode is i know i've said it before but it's it's as if i'm watching a disney channel show it doesn't feel in line with anything are you afraid of the dark uh let me just go over some of the other episodes in season seven just just a refresher yeah you know last dance worse laser maze better unbelievable i mean that's insane <laughs> laser maze is, is better laser, objectively laser, that's for sure. laser maze is a good example of a fun episode no there's nothing laser maze is the opposite of fun like jake the snake is the fun version of laser maze jake the snake is not even supposed to be fun it's just so but bad it it's fun. good yeah yeah well, that's, but laser but maze that's a, is not fun at a, all that's a whole different category so bad it's so bad it's good is jake the snake uh, jake the snake takes itself 
ultra seriously, which is what makes it so yes, funny. Yes. This episode thinks it's hilarious, and it's not. Um, I'm not sure that it thinks it's that. <laughs> it's definitely playing for comedy more than any Are You Afraid of the Dark. What? More Maybe... than any other episode? <laughs> Pretty much. Are you? What Are You Afraid of the Dark is um, this comedic? Lunar Locust is trying to be funny Not the whole time. A, a little bit. Here and there. Terrapi- Here and there. Terrapinski the whole is. point of the <laughs> the whole tone is supposed to be funny. And that's a better episode. Yeah. Uh, that's insane as well. That's crazy. <laughs> Kevin agrees with me. Oh my god. <laughs> this is just insane. You actually ranked Silver Sight above this. Yes. All of the Silver Sight. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm a fan of Silver Sights, yeah, but Part 2 is definitely not anywhere near as good as It's the this. best Silver Sight. We talked about no, this No, it's definitely the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh my god. Um, you're just, you're extra hard on this episode, I think. And I, I just don't I think it deserves quite this I can't deny my gut reaction. Vitriol. I think it, it is not what I want out of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And so I hold it in a, a special contempt for it. Because it's so, it it doesn't belong. All right, time trap or multiplicity? Multiplicity. Yes. <laughs> Wait, let me clarify. The last hour of multiplicity. <laughs> uh, not the first hour. Um, okay. Uh, I disagree that this doesn't fit as an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, though. I still think it feels very much like a Sardo one. Um, maybe a little goofier, but not by much. I think if you watch those Sardos, like if you just sat Uh, down and did an eight part Sardo part. (laughs) The door unlocked. Like that's pretty much as goofy as this. Goofy? Yes. I mean, it's a ridiculous concept. The quality is low, but I wouldn't describe it as goofy. The concept's goofy. Maybe, but the execution isn't played that way. Okay. Um, Sardo is always goofy. He's always goofy. That's for sure. Yes, definitely. And that's the thing that's good about this episode is specifically his goofiness. That's one good thing about it. That's for <laughs> uh, No, the perfect way to describe this episode is stupid. If if you like that kind of stupid, that's good. Laser Maze is stupid. This is like competently... <laughs> this is No, there's nothing fun about Laser Maze. But this is competently put together, at least. Oh, Laser boy. Maze is just a boring... Somehow they managed to make it's laser so, tag... Laser... Laser. Robots, clones, yes, boring. Yes, yes, yes. How yes, could yes. they make all those, those boring? Things, all those things. Laser, laser maze is the same kind of uh, atmosphere as Jake the Snake, where there's so much happening. You're like, what is this episode? Except even? it's not even so bad. It's good. It's just it bad. Is. No, it's no, no, just no. bad. It's fun. No, it's, <laughs> it's trying to dissect. You know, we're you know, if we really wanted to, we could dissect time trap. In a hot second. You know, Genie doesn't give the wishes he wants. you got to figure out how to undo it. Time, uh, a laser laser maze, we'd be here for an extra hour. Just You're right, kind of... and that doesn't make it good. <laughs> but it makes it's it fun. Terrible. It makes no, it fun to no. laugh at. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even want to rewatch it. I considered picking it for this week, but it was so boring and bad. I was like, I, can't, I don't want to sit through this again. This is real fun, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's name this stinker. Oh, boy. I call this the tale of the witless wish. All right. Explain that for me. (laughs) Witless being like a dumb, stupid thing. Uh, All right. Witless wish. The okay. wish. You know, <laughs> oh, dumb and stupid. You're on board. <laughs> Not called the episode stupid. That's for sure. The witless wish. Okay. All right. I named it the off-brand tale of Disney's Aladdin. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> you, you're really um, these last few times around. You're really going for that uh, commentary. Your titles are always commentary. <laughs> um. I call this tale the tale of Bell in the Box. That's good. Okay. Better than Time Trap. Yeah, thanks. Uh, go around one more time. The tale of the Witless Wish. The off-brand tale of Disney's Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> and the tale of Bell in the Box. We'll post those and you can uh, vote. Oh, wait. Uh, no, I'm changing mine to Multiplicity. <laughs> the tale of Multiplicity. Yeah. <laughs> Because of the million wishes. Yeah, yeah. very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
we did get uh, an email, as I mentioned earlier, about uh, Sardo. Mm. Um, this is from our buddy JD. And so uh, this email is entitled Sardo Origin Story. Hey gang, I loved the season 7 review. Cannot believe how far apart you guys were. I wanted to run my crazy Sardo theory by you guys. So throughout the series, he is constantly seeming to be making up stories about the items and uh, there's always some negative consequences. What if Time Trap actually takes place chronologically before any other Sardo episode? What if Sardo grants Jay Baruchel's wish by staying a genie? Then, throughout the years, the stories he tells about these weird magical objects are actually wishes he is granting that have dire consequences. He can never help, be- he can never really help because he can't grant genuine wishes. Let me know your thoughts. I like it. Do you follow that theory? Uh, I really like that. I feel like that's... I kind of touched upon this, maybe, uh, in Sardo vs. Vink. Um, I was saying that Sardo like, looks like he's uh, designed off of a genie. Or yeah, whatever. he um, And pose that maybe he was actually acting as a genie, but you totally poo-pooed that theory. I didn't poo-poo. I thought it was funny. (laughs) I I think it's uh, not right. (laughs) But I think it's amusing, nonetheless. Well, I like this idea that this is the last episode. No, no, he's saying chronologically this is Oh, yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Yeah, I like that. And if you work backwards to super specs... Yeah. Super Specs then does serve yeah. as a finale yeah. of that uh, Sardo is trapped in this other realm. Yeah. Um, so I think there could be merit to it. I think the way this episode ends kind of... Um, oh, resets the... Resets it. So Jay, Jason would have had to... No, he doesn't go in the shop. Unless Sardo grants the wish and he's still a genie. Somehow... Not trapped in the box, but like no, because the Midnight Society end by saying, "And Bell is back to being a genie," like at the oh. campfire. Oh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. that's dumb. <laughs> Midnight Society. It's just not. A, it's just not a very well written episode. So. Yeah, all right. Three point five. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yes. Can I mark that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, uh, we'll stick to the four. Well, I think that wraps up Time Trap. Um, yeah. yeah, very poorly named episode. Yeah, the name is definitely dumb. Every once in a while, there's an Are You Afraid of the Dark like that, where the name just seems... Totally out of place. Yeah. Like they named the episode before they wrote it or something. My thinking was almost like, maybe they named it something way closer to what's actually happening and decided we can't give it away, so we have to name it something crazy. Um, Well, making sense of that one is a real stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good news is one of my favorite songs ever by Built to Spill is called Time Trap, mm. which is what you'll be hearing <laughs> as this episode ends. <laughs> um, what are we talking about next week? Uh, next week, we're going to go over all seven seasons of Are You Afraid of the Dark and rank them and talk about the best and worst episodes of each season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just kind of one through seven, where they fall for us. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the... Uh, best midnight society members per season and those who are not quite as good um but uh that should be good yeah uh in the meantime if you want to get a hold of us like jd did uh, you can find us on twitter at um boc podcast on instagram at orange couch podcast uh you can email us at orange couch podcast at gmail.com you can find us on podbean you can find us on itunes i'll leave us a review that's really helpful um and speaking of helpful and nice Kevin, it was nice to... It, you, you really brought the heat today. Oh, glad to hear it. I was happy to be back, and I look forward to seeing you guys again in three months. Do you, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you'll watch any more Sardo now that you know that his episodes are not quite as scary? Yeah, I would actually be interested in following that timeline of this being the first oh, one. Let us and, know how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, what, what would you like to come back for in three months? Anything in particular? Anything, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just like uh, talking 90s Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs> you want us to sneak in a Boy Meets World? I wouldn't object. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite Boy Meets World? Boy Meets World episode. Yeah, uh, like one that is kind of your comfort food. 
Mm. Yeah, the ski lodge. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, Andrew. No. It's way too heavy <laughs> to be my <laughs> comforting episode. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's necessarily a comforting episode, but it's, but it's one you like. It's it's a darn good episode. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, there you go. Little boy meets world talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, see you guys next week. You know what? I just on a whim here. I was looking at Eleanor Noble, who played Belle, um, and she also does voice work in Assassin's Creed. That's what I just that's what, said. Yeah, that's what Kevin just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, when hand when handing the box to Jason, Sardo calls it this: the Persian victory box. Oh, do we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, talk about that. Yeah. That was mine. No. <laughs> I don't know. Kevin's just not registered. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>